don't take yourself too seriously. We think, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now and I'm this business person and we take ourselves very seriously. So don't do that. Stop comparing yourself to others. There will always be someone else who's better than you, you know, doing better things than you, having more resources. Just focus on your mission. Know your mission. Be very clear on your mission and just keep adding value and the clients will come. Welcome to the Get Unstuck Fast Viscosity podcast brought to you by VLM Training and Coaching Specialists across the UK and Australia, hosted by me, Vicky Main. Are you a business owner, leader or executive? Have you ever felt stuck or disappointed where your life or business is heading? Do you ever feel overwhelmed, compare yourself to others or feel like you're swimming in treacle at times? This podcast is here to help you get unstuck fast from viscosity to achieving escape velocity and expanding your knowledge. Our guests on the show will share practical tips and real life experience about how they got out of negative situations or circumstances to live their best life on their terms. We will be sharing real life stories from real people doing some incredible things. Stay tuned for our next guest. Welcome to season two, episode four of the Get Unstuck Fast Viscosity podcast. I'm your host, Vicky, and today we have Usha Raman in the studio. Welcome, Usha. Hi, thanks, Vicky. Thanks for having me today. Pleasure, pleasure. And it's lovely to see you in person. I know we've recently had a sailing trip together, which was beautiful <laughs> in Perth. And Usha, can you tell us a bit about your career and your entrepreneurial journey over the past few years? What have you been up to? Sure. So right now I run a training and coaching agency called Nexus Training Group and we are really about building inspired teams. So our vision for the world is where people feel excited to go to work as they would for a dream holiday, not just any holiday but for that dream holiday and that a workplace can be somewhere where people feel fulfillment, belonging and purpose. And how we do that is with people-centric programs, data-driven training methodologies to empower your teams, collaborative vision, EQ, mental well-being, as well as your self-efficacy. And it's definitely been a bit of a journey to get here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess how it all started for me was really being tired of the industry that I was in. I was in events management for over 10 years. And by the end of my career, I was dealing with more sort of luxury labels, premier sure. banking clients, boutique events, and Although I was tired of it at the end, I must admit I had a lot of fun. It is a really fun industry to be in. But during the same time while I was doing that, I was a volunteer teacher for vulnerable kids and families. So every Saturday I would spend time with these kids and families and we used to do like life training skills, events, value-based education. And I absolutely loved it. And it was kind of like my reset. You know, after that week of crazy events, I felt so grounded every Saturday and I was looking so forward to it. And I remember so clearly one day in this class and I had said something that I didn't even think was funny and all the kids burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I totally had a freeze frame moment. If somebody could, you know, maybe take a film of it, they would put, oh, in the background because yeah. that was kind of the moment. Sure. Uh, and I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I am going to teach. And it was so clear. And two days later... That very next Monday, I get a call from an ex-colleague who I have not seen in for years wow. asking if I wanted to lecture in events management at a vocational institute in Singapore. Nice. And my jaw was on my big toe, I suppose. But I said with a very calm voice, yes, I would be interested. Nice, nice. <laughs> and that's where my training and I guess my interest in education started. 
And eventually I realized I do love teaching and training, but I really wanted to teach the things that mattered to me. And it was not necessarily academic. Yeah. The things that had made a difference in my life, EQ and mindfulness and team synergies, that sort of stuff. So, And I knew that I could make an impact in yeah. that area. And so I left to do what I do now. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I know I've actually been on one of your webinars before and it was, what was it again? It was desk yoga or something like that we did. Um, yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, that yeah. was really a lovely, beautiful session. And I love the fact that you really talk about health and wellness and mindfulness as well. And that translates into your work as well. So that's brilliant. So you've talked about a bit about what inspired you to set up the business. I guess what do you think are the biggest takeaways that your clients get from working with you? So I would say the very first thing is clarity and simplicity. Yeah. You know, who they are, what they do, why they're doing what they're doing, where they want to go and how to get there. But in the most simplest forms, I believe in one pages. So a lot of my coaching clients, you know, they'll be able to see anything that they want to see all in one page. So you create little blueprints. Nice. So that's the big one for a lot of them, clarity and simplicity. The second one is self-management. So we talk about emotional intelligence, leadership, self-efficacy, your mindfulness journey and how, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We can be clear on what we want to do, but when emotions are high, that's when all habits come in, we procrastinate, we, you know, turn on the next episode on Netflix, right? So it's really about learning to manage our own mindset, emotions, habits, thought patterns, behaviors, and how that will lead us to the end goal. And imagine a team where everyone was great at self-management. Like that would be Mm. so fantastic, right? So the third thing from self-management is then the relational management. So how do you create intentional and purposeful relationships of mutual respect and also growth and to be able to see that from a, I suppose, non-personal attack sort of point of view, which is why data is so important. And yeah, just to build those teams to forge working seamlessly together. Sure. And you mentioned about the data. Tell us a little bit about the type of things. Are you exploring? Are you going into the metaverse or things like that? Is that something <laughs> you're exploring or is it kind of, yeah, I'm curious about that, what you're doing next? We have got a platform now that's still 2D, but it's the metaverse. And, you know, you get an avatar, And we can even build the spaces according to your specifications. So if you wanted to do, you know, pilots want to do a pilot training, we've got someone in Singapore who's happy to build that space, like maybe turn it into looking like an aircraft. Or if you're in the health and wellness industry, you want to create a virtual space of your wellness center and then get your team to go into that space and do team building. We do that. So you've got your avatar, but also when your avatars meet, the video comes on. So it still humanizes the interaction and there's so many remote teams right now and it could be so great to just have that ability to play in a space nice i mean i don't know how much you may be following the ai and and stuff yeah that's happening looked in that space but it's still something that it's i'm not the early adopter at this stage but i'm certainly looking at it as um yeah Let's get the podcast up and running first. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So lots of VR, AR, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's quite exciting. Amazing, amazing. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. And so you are a big advocate of wellness and you do lots of retreats. Was this always important to you or was there a turning point in your life where you were basically going, you know what, this is something that I want to do moving forward or has it evolved over time? It's definitely something that's evolved over time, Vicky. I was, I guess, into fitness at a young age. My parents always told us to play sports, but wellness, not so much. Had chocolate every day, I'll admit. (laughs) 
But I had to have two operations in my 20s. One right. was for my knee, but the other one was for my heart. And I think that one kind of really woke me up a fair bit. But also what then from there catapulted my journey was having really bad chronic pain and like half my face would go numb on days I couldn't put one foot down wow. without some shooting pains, you know, and it was just there's so many days I would just sleep on the floor or on the hard floor and just wish I didn't have to wake up the next morning. So it was wow. really, really bad. And it was also a time when I was unhappy in my job and relationships. So I um, decided that I'm going to start searching. And that's when I started searching really like, obsessively, I would say, like every happy person I met, I'm like, what's their secret? What's your secret? Like, tell me what's your secret. <laughs> and in that search, I found things like life coaching, NLP, meditation, yoga, which all opened up this whole new world for me. And learning NLP and life coaching, especially opened my eyes to all the limiting beliefs and decisions and self-sabotage that we all have. And meditation and yoga then gave me that clarity of you know, space to just breathe and be. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful journey Fantastic. from there. Yeah. So what daily practices do you have that improves your mindset, health and wellness? I mean, you mentioned meditation, yoga. Do you have like a set plan? You get up at a certain time and you go through some rituals. What Tell us about the things that you do. So because of my variety-seeking personality, and I think yeah. it's really important to sort of marry your practices with your personality, otherwise it might be just boring as well. Mm -hmm. So I do have a variety-seeking personality. So I have lots of little things littered throughout my day. Nice. And that's, I think, my little secret because then it keeps me motivated throughout the day. So, But yoga and meditation is definitely, you know, meditation especially daily. Yoga... I do a few times a week. I listen to peaceful meditation music when I drive or in the background when I'm working. Lots of breathing practices at night before sleeping. That's something I do daily. I look at mindful cup of tea as like a nice practice. And if nice. I haven't got two minutes in the day to have one mindful cup of tea, then I say, oh, I've done something wrong today. So that's wow. kind of like my measure I like my, that. Yeah. I like that. It's good too. Um, practicing gratitude. I go to the gym on certain days. Like I said, I do yoga on other days. I stretch. I drink lots of water. You'll see yeah. my water bottle here. Yeah. I have a very simple rule. Eat healthy at home and then eat whatever I want when I go out. So nice. I eat more at home than when yeah. I go out. Talk kindly to myself. That's a really, really big one. And to read a lot as much as you can on all the things that interest you to keep your mind curious. Yeah, wonderful. And yeah. you mentioned, in the, I know we were chatting previously, you have a lot of male clients as well in the yeah, life coaching side of things. Are they sort of very into the health and wellness space now? As, as Obviously, you can't share confidentiality, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But yeah. are they? do you find that they really are open to it? I think a lot of them are open to it, but they're not quite sure where to go or how to look for certain things that caters to their personality or they find that there's a lot of, you know, females in that space. And so there is, I suppose, a lot of work there that still can be done, in my opinion. And a lot of them don't come with that mindset that I am open to wellness. It's just that they're in a position where they want to see change. And so a lot of times I work with them on a more mindset uh, and EQ point of view. And then from there, if they want to take on the wellness aspects, I give them options. And yeah, yeah that's yeah. how we move. Yeah. I've heard a lot recently about the masculine and feminine sides that we all have. And I know I'm going to throw this question in there, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts are about that? And if, you know, as a female, if you're in your masculine, mm -hmm. I know that people have said that that can tend to be that you're more 
very much action driven and you'll take you know I'm curious what are your thoughts around the masculine and feminine and what can listeners do to get more in their feminine or in their masculine so I think really it is about balance and although we call it masculine feminine if we look at it as pieces of energy that we are tapping into, right? At the end of the day, we're all just energy beings, right? These cells working through electricity and trying to make things happen. And if we look at perhaps, if, call it whatever you want, but there's this energy of nurture and slowing down and taking care and being community-based. And then the other one where there is this drive, there is this, okay, what am I going to achieve? And if we look at that as pieces of energy that can then come together and amalgamate to create something even more beautiful together rather than with that singular focus. How do we create that balance? It's actually funnily in yoga, we do have quite a few things around that balancing the feminine and the the masculine. Yeah, I need to get back to yoga. (laughs) I love yoga, (laughs) but don't spend enough time in that space. (laughs) So what do you think are the best and worst things about being in business, working for yourself? So I think the best thing is just being able to use your own unique skills to make a difference in the way that your calling is and the best thing for me is just sometimes meeting somebody who I haven't seen in a year or getting an email and I get these random emails sometimes like remember you said that thing and sometimes I don't exactly remember because I've said a lot of things since yeah yeah sure (laughs) and like you know I've started practicing that and this is what I'm seeing you know one lady once said to me she had tears in her eyes because her child turned around and said to her mom you're not so shouty in the mornings anymore you know, just little things like that, the little stories that you hear. And a lot of these are also from corporate trainings, but it's kind of transcended into their personal lives as well. Sure. So that's yeah. pretty cool. So that's the best, I would say. The worst half for me is is just having so many ideas. And I know that I probably won't be able to pursue all of them in this one lifetime that I'm given. <laughs> and yeah, and just really having to pick which projects you want to pursue and which people you want to work with. Yeah. That's really tough, I think. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get it. The struggle is real. Would you ever go back into teaching or and step aside from what you're doing in your business? I'm curious. I would say at this point, it feels like a very far-fetched idea for sure. But maybe, you know, in 25, 30 years, who knows? Somebody says, come and teach twice a week. And I might be like, yeah, okay, maybe. I won't say a full no, but at this point, it's a 98% no. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I agree. What does the future hold for your business and for you and what you're up to in the future? And where can people find you? Yeah, so in terms of what we're looking at in the future, we're looking, you know, really to expand a lot more in Australia mm-hmm. as well as in Europe. So we use an amazing team data analytics tool called Identity3 and I also use EMP, Entrepreneur's Mindset Profiling. And for Identity3, I'm the distributor for these two regions, Australia and Europe. So we're really looking at training other coaches and trainers to run our programs and also to work collaboratively with them nice. to improve on them and to have a very nice like cultural diversity in everything that we do across the regions and also looking at working with other training agencies and advisors to improve what we do from a more international standpoint so our clients get that world-class training talking about you know world training standards things like that and also expanding the use of technology as we said earlier which will be very cool. Sure and I know you're part of the VLM training hub as well so we're going to be doing some work together in the future which is really exciting. Yes. So looking forward to that and so if being in business was easy everybody would do it and (laughs) which is true. What do you think the main skills that you need to run a business? 
I would say three, persistence being really, really key. So you really have to plan for the long game and the long run is definitely a marathon. And in Identity 3 that we use, we actually measure persistence and we don't see a lot of high scores in persistence, to be honest. So yeah, really building that persistence muscle. And it is a muscle. We can all build it. So that's one. Secondly, emotional intelligence, as you know, it's so, so important. Just getting over yourself and just being also then being able to motivate others and inspire others onto your mission. Sure. And the third one, which I think is probably the most important one, is a sense of play. So not being afraid to explore and being curious. It's okay if we fall, but just keeping that childlike curiosity and play it's what will take you to that line yeah I love that thank you (laughs) so do you have any fears because I know some people are fearful of rejection fearful of being seen and won't put themselves out there online and or massive success I'm curious are you fearful of anything cockroaches and mediocrity (laughs) (laughs) I love that Oh, yeah. Well, I think having lived in Australia for the last eight years, I kind of, I was fearful of spiders, but you get used to it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. But mediocrity, tell me about that. So mediocrity. And I think I knew that early in my life because I grew up in a space where I was the minority and I was not really, I suppose, part of the group in a lot of instances, even through language, like I was never included. And I always felt like an outcast, you know, like I just did not belong. And so probably in my teens, I just said, no, I'm just not going to be this mediocre outcast anymore. And I'm not going to settle for a life of mediocrity. And I want a life where I'm thriving. So and was that in Singapore, particularly, and then moved to Australia? What was that? Are you yeah. talking about your experience in Singapore there? Yeah, yeah. When I was growing up at that time. It's a very different place, I think, now compared to when I was growing up. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. was definitely my experience then. Yeah. Oh, I love Singapore and love Marina Bay Sands and <laughs> sitting there sipping a cocktail on the roof there. Oh, it takes me back. <laughs> Fabulous. I have to go back there. Okay, so what's the bravest or scariest thing you've ever done? I would say it's more of a personal thing and it was walking out of a very toxic marriage mm-hmm. with just my clothes my shoes and a box of books. Right. And it was scary and liberating and exciting and thrilling and terrifying all at once. Mm -hmm. And I did it and I decided I was going to stay in Australia because this could have meant that I moved back to Singapore. But I was like, no, I'm going to walk out, but I'm going to stay in this amazing place that I love. And I think I'm so much better for it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think you can... Firstly, well done you for coming out of that situation. But I think it also makes you more approachable and have a deeper level of understanding for those that you're helping and supporting as well. So, yeah, but good on you for that. Thank you. Yeah, so that takes courage. And so would you say, have you got some tips that you could share with people who are dealing with some setbacks at the moment and about resilience as well? What could you share that would support them? So I've got so many, like I have a program on resilience to me. <laughs> oh, really? All right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, but I would say, you know, from a few main things would be to ask the right questions. I always talk about how the quality of your questions determine the quality of your answers. Nice. So in coaching, we always say, instead of asking why questions, ask how and what questions. Same with organizations. You know, a lot of people might say, oh, why did we hire this person? Or why did we, why did I take this step? Why did I stay in this relationship? Instead of saying that, it's like, okay, how do I get what I want? What is it that I need to do next? You know, who do I need to speak to? Where can I seek help? So the how, what, where, who, those sort of questions instead of why, I think that is really, really good starting place. Mm -hmm. Secondly, to practice meditation and mindfulness, it has really helped me in my life. And speaking about 
you know, personal experiences. You know, I had an attack you know, on me. It was violent and I had a lot of post-traumatic stress. Wow, was this in Singapore? Was no, this, this in- was in Australia. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I had to get really mindful and I had to really assess each moment because my mind was still in protect yourself, danger mode, yeah. right? So it was kind of like weird because I was this coach coaching myself from inside my brain. Mm-hmm. It was like trying to hack my brain from the mm-hmm. inside. But that really, really sealed the deal for me. Like, oh my gosh, how much meditation and mindfulness can just clear those things away. And there's so much research now out there about how, you know, the rational centers of the brain just talk better to the emotional centers yeah. of the brain. There's this muscle, you know, they talk about unsinate fasciculus, this muscle that's just, you know, you can see the difference in it growing just from those practices. So, and uh, focus on only the things you can control because there's a lot of things we can't focus only yeah. on the things you can control. And I would really say out, add in, get professional help if you need. Yeah. If we could solve it ourselves, we would have already done it. So if we haven't, true. Very true. you know, find some ways to get professional help. I'm a coach and I use coaches. Yeah, me for too. Myself. Me yeah. too. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And yeah. you are a powerhouse when it comes <laughs> to, you know, you've obviously been through some really stressful situations but have led you to being an amazing coach and what you're doing in your space so good on you and I know you're traveling the world now with your partner and doing (laughs) some really cool things in the education space as well so that's good on you you deserve every success and every piece of happiness thank you you after going through that very lovely of you to say thank you so tips for staying positive and optimistic and certainly you are demonstrating that through everything you've been through you've probably touched upon these in the last piece in the last question but any other tips that you can share around being a business owner because Mm. as I've said earlier if it was easy everyone would do it and what top tip would you give for people to stay in that positive and optimistic mindset so like I said earlier you know have that sense of play don't take yourself too seriously we think oh I'm going to be an entrepreneur now and I'm this business person and we take ourselves very seriously so don't do that stop comparing yourself to others there will always be someone else who's better than you you know doing better things than you having more resources just focus on your mission know your mission be very clear on your mission and just keep adding value and the clients will come Amazing. I think that's the one of the main things. Amazing. Um, yeah. So any further tips for anybody who is perhaps feeling stuck at the moment and they want to get out of a negative situation, like a bit like what you did where you walked out of there with your box of books and just <laughs> you went, off you went. Anything you, any tips you could give for people who are in negative situations at the moment and want to live the life on their terms? Anything you would suggest? I would do? say constantly put yourself in rooms where there are people smarter and better and more experienced and more knowledgeable than you. I think that's one of the fastest ways to grow. Sure. And don't stop searching for your answers for the stuff that you need to grow. And, you know, in coaching, we always talk about being at cause versus being in effect. Mm. So instead of being in effect of things like, oh, these things are happening to me and you're complaining and you are sort of looking at things from a mentality of lack and you're not exercising personal leadership, you say, I'm going to operate at cause. Today, I operate at cause. I used to say that all the time when I was starting out in my coaching journey. Today, I operate at cause and then go, yeah, I can create things and things happen for me. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. What does success look like for you in the future from today? From today. So what does success look like for me? Kind of almost like now, except with a bigger team, I think, and across Europe and Australia to keep working on things that matter for the mission, to be in projects that make a difference and 
for myself as well as the team that gives us joy working on things that give us joy use my unique skill sets and talents and have the leeway to keep innovating for my clients and growing with them and finding the best solutions that they need amazing amazing and mm-hmm. any final remarks any other tips you'd give people from today i think i just want to say that you know in the industry it's the training and coaching business that's what i am in but i always feel like those two words really fall short of mm. what we really do and the impact yeah. that we make you know as you know as trainers as educators mm. we really are educators you know and sure. it is actually something that i've put in my business dna like we are educators sure and so it's really about opening minds to new ways of being and thinking creating connections for teams and it's really about facilitating those intangible puzzle pieces to come together to spark creation and innovation so that's yeah in a nutshell i'd say wonderful well thank you usha for being on today's episode i'm looking forward to having a nice cup of tea with you after the show where can people reach you on linkedin or any other platforms yeah so linkedin will be best it's usha raman 8 Digi- yeah, yeah. 8 or yeah. okay. Thank you for your time today. Let's go and have a cup of tea. Yes, looking forward. Thanks, Vicky.